On this episode of the LTD Podcast, I'm joined by co-founder and CEO of Dragonfly, Cameron Chell. I'm really excited about my conversation with him, as well as all of the things we're going to talk about with his background and Dragonfly as a whole. So without further ado, let's talk drones. All right, as I said, I am joined today by a friend of the droning company, friend of the drone geek, Cameron Chell. He is the CEO and co-founder of Dragonfly. But Cameron, I mean, your background is a lot richer than just Dragonfly. I mean, you've got an entrepreneurial spirit that really can't be topped. I mean, you've got a lot of other things, including business insights as well as MetaWorks. Tell us a little bit about where you started um, and what brought you to where you're at with Dragonfly and the vision for Dragonfly. Wow. Well, thanks very much. And thanks for all the work that you're doing uh, for the entire industry. You're, you're a great voice in the industry. And, uh, and as I mentioned earlier, it's, uh, yeah, you're, you're a leading voice already and it's only going to get bigger. So great, great work. Love your perspective. And I know a lot of other people do uh, too. So uh, yeah, kudos and thanks. Thank you. Uh, uh, entrepreneurial wise, uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, I, both my parents were entrepreneurs and, uh, uh, you know, small business owners is what they called it back then. But my dad was a rancher and a butcher. My mom was a local florist and, um, you know, so I just, you know, I just, I didn't know anything else. And so, uh, when I was 14, I started installing, digging ditches, installing underground sprinkler systems and, uh, you know, agricultural and then residential and then golf course irrigation systems. And I designed a little valve that was my strategic differentiator, though I didn't know that that's what it was at the time. And then, uh, I did that, uh, you know, kind of for, uh, seven or eight months of the year. And at the same time I had a, a, a you know, basically I built PCs and XTs and ATs and anybody who remembers those days in the, in the 90s <laughs> and sold them to all the local, uh, you know, town folk and farmers and stuff. And then, uh, and then I, I, uh, I sold my irrigation business and I bought uh, one-hour Photoshops. And, and the differentiator there was I, 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 I fixed up the machines. Uh, uh, I bought old machines and fixed them up, and that's how I kept my cost down. And uh, anyway, the, you know, I just learned by school of hard knocks, and I've blown up a ton of things that have not worked. But, but eventually when you don't know how to do anything else, you don't have anything to fall back on, no education and such, you just, you just kind of keep learning. And, and that's, uh, I wish it was more illustrious than that, but it's just, it's a grind every day and it's still a grind, uh, every single day. And, uh, I got my first break in, uh, in 20, excuse me, in 1995, uh, a company called FutureLink. Uh, and what we're doing is we we built servers. And, um, and this is when the, this thing called the internet was just coming out. And our idea was that, well, you could, you could use the internet to call up on these servers and, and use the software on the servers. Mm-hmm. And so our first market was we went to audit firms, small audit firms, so they wouldn't have to carry in these transportable computers, which were the size of sewing machines, in to do their audits. They could, they could use this thing called the internet and use 14.4, modems if they're really advanced and dial in uh, to, to the servers and use the, the, the accounting software to, and help run the audits. And so we got hooked up with a company called Great Plains, which at the time was like a leading uh, accounting software, uh, which since then got has bought by Microsoft. And now that's Microsoft Dynamics, which is, you know, massive ERP system. And, uh, and so Great Plains, unbeknownst to most of the world, Great Plains was the first SaaS company in the world. Uh, okay. it wasn't, it wasn't Salesforce. It wasn't, you know, Salesforce was a year or so after, but, and, uh, we started doing this work and then, um, and then, uh, by chance, Microsoft bought Hotmail and they needed a place to host it. And so like all of this kind of stuff started catching on and, and then this internet boom happened and, and we just happened to be in the right place at the right time. 
And, um, and, and then, then I started learning a ton about the capital markets and the company went public on NASDAQ and typical story. I'm, you know, mid twenties, billion dollar market cap with a billion bucks. It was really a billion bucks. And, uh, I got fired, you know, the uh, whole, the whole, <laughs> you know, and then, um, you know, I got into the payment space and then, uh, me and another guy actually from Dragonfly, uh, uh, started a company with, with his brother and we put cameras on the outside of the international space station and, yeah, it's just been one thing after the other. But, you know, for the last almost 15 years, uh, uh, you, know, we, you know, it's been all dragon, like total all dragonfly. Uh, and the drone industry is not an easy industry, especially when the regulations didn't exist uh, up until the last couple of years. So anyways, that's that's a condensed version of, uh, of kind of how we got to where we're at today. I mean, that's that's quite the portfolio and resume. I, that's that's fantastic. I mean, it, it sounds like, though, you, you know what? I want to I want to go backwards just for a moment. It, it sounds like you definitely had your share of adversities. I mean, you, you were fired from a job that was extremely lucrative and made you a lot of money. What what was that like? I mean, there are a lot of people out there that listen to this podcast that are business owners, whether it's large, small, whatever the case may be. Um, and experiences experiencing a setback is never a part of the plan. So, you know, how did you bounce back from that and get into what where you are now with Dragonfly? Can you tell us well, a little bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, I, I, I was just furious, right? I was mad and I was prideful and I was indignant, and uh, and I was going to prove a point. And um, and so I went out and I, you know, I worked hard at proving a point. And the interesting thing is, I kept running into the same brick walls. And so you know, that's that's youth and enthusiasm and determination and all of the things that are really important. But uh, with a little bit of maturity and some even much harder knocks and, and a little bit of experience now, I should have been fired. Yeah. And in fact, they probably hung on to me too long. They should have fired me sooner. Uh, and, um, and, and that's experience, right? And I've made amends with those people and I, and I work with those people, uh, uh, the ones that are still around or alive anyway. But, uh, and, um, and, uh, and some of them, you know, yeah, we're close friends and we're business associates and we do lots of things together. And, and that's just, and that's just, those are things that, you know, if you're going to be successful, you've, it, you know, some people just have it, right? And I was definitely not one of those people. I'm somebody that has to learn, unfortunately, from hard knocks. And uh, and and so, uh, you know, I've, I've had uh, a lot of humbling experiences, and um, and that was that was one of them. It certainly wasn't the hardest, hum- most humbling experience I've had since then. Uh, you know, it set me up for a series of humbling experiences uh, to get to a spot today where, uh, you know, hopefully, I'm a better and smarter businessman and a better representative for our shareholders. Yeah. I mean, look at you now. I mean, Dragonfly is one of the big names in commercial drone manufacturing and uh, application as well. And that's really um, something that I've dove into, uh, you know, headlong at this point. Uh, I've, I've grown very close with your team and some of the projects I've been working on. And, um, you know, what, what I want to hear from you is the vision behind Dragonfly, because there's there's two sections of this audience. There's the, the commercial people that are already in enterprise. They already are very aware of Dragonfly, but maybe want to know a little bit more. And then there's the audience that looks to that as their future. They're the small business owners that fly prosumer drones and small commercial drones to sort of do uh, smaller projects that are looking to graduate into more of a commercial or enterprise uh, sector of the industry. So tell us a little bit about Dragonfly. Introduce us and tell us some of the, the nuances of that company. Yeah, you know, I think it's, I think it's you know, so Dragonfly is arguably the oldest commercial drone manufacturer in the world. You know, since 95, uh, uh, Zen and uh, Dragon started it. And, um, uh, and I put an investment group together and bought it and co-founded 
via the fact that I vented in the technology that we were working with at, uh, on Dragonfly at that time. So there's a great pedigree and a great history and all that type of stuff. But, and, um, and, and so, but, but it's important to know we're still a very small company. We're still mm-hmm. a very, very small company. And um, uh, th- I mean, that's changing very, very quickly. But, uh, um, you know, no other North American manufacturer has, the reason that we're the oldest is everybody else has gone out of business. Mm-hmm. Like whether it was Airware, Air Lily, GoPro, 3D, like they, they've all gone and they all had hundreds of millions of dollars behind them. And, uh, you know, they, they pre-scaled because there's this incredible opportunity in the commercial space, um, but but there wasn't regulation to support it. So the ROI just couldn't be built up because candidly, you couldn't do beyond visual line of sight. Like if yeah. we really get down to the, the bottom, bottom line. And uh, so, so we very like, you know, so, uh, you know, we, the analogy that I, I think of is, you know, uh, if you're going to go and you're going to play a golf game, there's two games you can play. You, you can you can you can play to score or you can play to become a better player. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think, you know, so, if you, you know, so if you go to play to become a better player, you, you, know, you may take the riskier shots or you might try the harder things or you might you know, you're doing things not necessarily to get the best score that day. Yeah. And so and, and so it's a much longer longer game that, that you're playing. And uh, we realized quite quickly that we, you know, listen, DGIs of the world have 10,000 engineers at their height. They had, you know, incredible subsidy. They have incredible intellect. Like we're just like, we weren't going to compete with them at that level. And so we really had to pick our spots and, and candidly, you know, wait for the right time in history to unfold. So I, I would love to say that, you know, our hopeful future success is because of brilliant strategy and engineering. And uh, like, really, it's more about like patience and like waiting it out uh, than than anything else. And so what's unfolded, uh, you know, so so we relied on our services business, we relied on the contract engineering we did for military contractors, we relied on, yeah, you know, we do any work for anybody. But, uh, you know, our typical business was done with public safety. And so these were these were, you know, sheriff's departments or, or U.S. Marshals or whoever who typically would buy, you know, they were going to buy a GMC truck or a Ford or a Dodge before they're buying some other, you know, thing just because, it, you know, it's it's made here. And so that was that kind of became a, a bit of our ethos. And then so when uh, so when two things happened, one, uh, uh, the security concerns, like nothing collects data better than a drone. Not, right. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Right. And so so when the realization about the security risk around that, whether it's foreign national or not, or whether DGI did stuff offside or not, or like that's not the argument I want to get into. The the the, the fact is. Nothing collects data better than a drone. So that had better be secured. So you need to put protocol and process clearances, et cetera, in place to ensure that that data is secure. Because whether you're a government or whether you're a forestry company that we just delivered terabytes of LIDAR data and your your yield analysis, your disease detection, your water tables, your all there's nothing more important to your business. And so, I mean, that is your competitive advantage is your information. And um, and so 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 we've really had to take play a very very long game in terms of like where dragonfly is going to be so so even though on the numbers basis we're really quite small our capabilities especially for a company our size it's it's just it's just unreal what we what we're able to do i'm always surprised by it and <laughs> and, and, and now we see that starting to 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 scale so in some respects we've been very pragmatic but we've had to be it's been the only strategy that's been uh available uh to us and and now we're in a spot where where 
you know, we've, we've got, uh, you know, an incredible outlier situation that's happened with Ukraine. We've got regulation that's coming together. We've got technology uh, dropping. We've got security concerns, valid security concerns, not about another company, but just about good process and protocol and clearance, you know, coming into play. And so now, you know, you know, now we're, we're, you know, after 20 some years, we're in the right spot at the right time, which yeah. does not denote anything smart other than just, you know, uh, resilience. No, absolutely. I love your analogy about the golf game, because as a golfer myself, I'm not a good golfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can definitely appreciate what you're saying in that there's there's the playing to develop and there's playing to win. And uh, when you're at the stages that I'm at where you're shooting in the 90s on a really good day, um, you're not playing to win ever because there's tons of other golfers that are better. You're playing to get better. Um, So I really appreciated that. I also appreciate, like you said, the patience that Dragonfly shows. And, you know, the thing that I've seen that um, I'd like to know a little bit more about in the thought process is uh, the people I've interacted with at Dragonfly seem to be like cream of the crop types of folks. I'm talking the Corey Larson. I'm talking Zach, Zach Rolf. Mm-hmm. Those are the two that I had the most interaction with from, from your company. Um, but your team's small, your company's small, but the people you have seem to be heavy hitters in terms of their professionalism, uh, their knowledge within the industry, and how to get things done and how to work towards a goal or initiative. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the ideology behind you know working with a smaller team? Well, listen, the, I, I personally believe, and this isn't my, my philosophy, I've adopted this philosophy, and, and that is the, the only competitive advantage or strategic differentiator that a company has is their culture. Mm-hmm. So, you it, like, you're, somebody's always going to out-engineer you. Somebody's always going to outspend you. Somebody's going to always outsell you. Somebody's always going to, right? But it, but it, but your culture can be your difference, right? That, that can be your differentiator. And so, uh, and, and, and candidly, I don't think that we've done a great job on, on fostering a culture. What I do think we've done a, a, a decent job on is that is that we have an ethos. So, so one, we have an incredible history that started in Saskatoon and an incredible team there that absolutely is just like, like nothing exists outside of the world of drones, right? <laughs> like, yeah. You're just there, those, you know, just obsessed. Like, don't, they don't even, that's like a fish. Like, they don't know that there's a world outside of water. And so, <laughs> it, so it's just a beautiful, beautiful ecosystem to work with then. And then from an ethos standpoint, um, uh, uh, you know, we're really lucky to attract people that are passionate. And, you know, uh, a big part of my Dragonfly journey, for whatever that's worth, started on 9-11. And so, uh, you know, so I was I was at the base of the towers on 9-11. Wow. And, uh, and, and, uh, and you know, security to me and to the people that, 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 that I get to work with, is incredibly important. It's uh, it, it isn't about like you can be the best person in the world, but but, but you got to be smart about uh, you know the, you know the little analogy you know the you know do do I want to be you know a gardener in a war or do I want to be you know a warrior in peacetime that gardens and and I would I would you know so and then I would rather us be you know a warriors that 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 act in peacetime and garden. And, and so that's why, you know, we don't build kinetic devices. We don't build things that shoot and kill people. We definitely sell into the defense sector. We definitely sell into security systems. But it, the, the point of the whole story is, is the people that we're able to attract are people that are really, really passionate about what we do. They're really, really passionate about what drones can do. And, and uh, you know, the majority of our people also really understand that the, the, the airframe is incredibly important because it's the base of everything that you go from. 
But the drone industry isn't about the airframe. The drone industry is about the data, right? The drone industry is about what the drone does. And uh, when you look at use cases like humanitarian delivery, when we're delivering insulin and rape kits into besieged cities in the Ukraine, and we're doing that, not getting paid at first. Now, you know, we're, we're in a great situation now, but we've earned our stripes to get into that position. But even if we hadn't, we'd do it again. We would absolutely do it again. And, and I wouldn't be the one leading that charge. Uh, you know, I certainly go over to Ukraine because I think a leadership, you know, can't expect people to do those things unless they're going to do them themselves. But believe me, I was not the first in line. Like there was pe- like our people want to be there and they want to help. And whether it's there or India or disaster relief or or public safety, you know, that's just the, that's the that's the folks that um, that we're lucky enough to attract. And, right. and you know, like attracts like. So um, so the culture is kind of starting to drive itself and it's bigger than anybody that's there. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. And it exudes that dragonfly exudes that that idea that there's a culture of people that are passionate about it. And like you said, it's sort of like a fish that doesn't know anything outside of water. When you're in the nitty gritty with your team, uh, it's it's amazing the knowledge base that they have and just how passionate and driven they are to make your your solutions better and better and, and fit the needs of the industries that you're, you're trying to address. Um, I do want to take another step back and, you know, ask you mentioned about airframes. You mentioned about you being at the base of the towers of 9-11 and sort of that being the, you know, light bulb moment um, for, you know, how do we how do we utilize this type of technology uh, to not just, you know, for protection, but also for uh, information gathering? Um, you, you know, what was the initial thought when you started to think about the first prototype for a Dragonfly drone? You have several platforms there that we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes. But, um, you know, what was the initial thought? What was the vision that you had uh, when that first hit your mind? Yeah, well, probably the best, um, <clears throat> I'll be candid, you know, six, seven years ago, eight years ago, the vision was how we make payroll, right? Well, <laughs> how yeah. we make payroll was like doing services and contract engineering for military contractors. That was like, there was no vision around what the, was like, <laughs> how are we going to get through next week? So uh, that's one. But but where that's where that's grown to is is actually we 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 have a great product team we have a great operation team uh Paul Mullen leads our team there and uh on this latest version of drones that we've come out with we really took a strategic look at you know where we thought the industry was going to go so the whole prosumer space we're never going to compete there and like the DGIs the autels the skydios of the world they crush it they're amazing like and 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 they could have that market too. Like I, you know, it's just a, it's a, that's a tough gig, and they're really really smart, well financed people. When you get into the industrial side, uh, where you're really taking advanced technologies and moving them into market, that that's where I think we start to uh, we start to shine. So the Commander XL uh, drone that's out that, that's really our our kind of uh, flagship uh, right now is really designed to be a modular drone uh, that's a workhorse. So I kind of think it like like the World War II Jeep or the, the 1990s, you know, Humvee. Like this is the base platform where you can now put a whole bunch of other, you can build things on top of it. Uh, so that that XL drone is, um, is you know, look, it's a, it's a 23, 24 pound drone that carries 23 or 24 pounds of payload. It's under the 55 pound weight limit. It's likely one of, if maybe not the most efficient drone uh, in the market today, uh, all the right latest technologies in it at the best cost prices that we could get to. But, uh, you know, there's already dozens and dozens of different payloads that just clip onto it. Yeah. And so uh, and if and if we look at DGI, like they moved away from their from their M600. So this is really also an M600 replacement. Now, it's 
is twice the drone that, it, not because DJI couldn't do something amazing, but it's twice the drone that an M600 is. It's only four rotors. It carries twice the payload it does. But that M600 is out of the market now. It's discontinued. And so all of those all of those are getting replaced in the market. And our, pay, our uh, system, all the payloads of those M600s just clip on. Right? And they're integrated in and everything else. So there's that whole replacement market. But what we're also finding uh, in particular, uh, not just in industry, but in defense, this is a platform that's just like, hey, this is kind of like a catch all that does, you know, 80 percent of everything that's needed out there. Fifty minute flying time. But no, listen, this thing isn't going to fit into your backpack. And, you know, you can't run away with it on a two man patrol. That, right. I mean, that's that's the Skydios and of, of the world and the, and uh, and a few of the other great competitors uh, out there. But if you want something that wants like excessive battery life, huge sensor capability, you know, uh, electronic warfare, jamming capabilities, uh, heavy lift capability, uh, we've got multiple fire departments out there that are that are implementing that for this coming fire season, you know, to carry chainsaws up the mountain to like that type of and, you know, it's easy to replace, you know, can train quickly on it. You know, that's what we were really looking for uh, in in this particular drone that we've got. You know, so so that's 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 really where we we, we felt the, the industry was at. And um, and, and that's our signature. Now, we're, we're we got a heavier lift drone that does. And that's going to be a big, big market. We're, we're not into air mobility. We're not going to go there. That's not our game at all. Yeah. But we'll do heavier and heavier lift drones, more and more sophisticated type utility uh, functioning drones. And uh, and we'll start doing more sensors, too. So we produce our own LiDAR system now. Really important to us because all those sensors are going to go the same way that the drones. They're all going to become, you know, I'll call it restricted products, you know, incredibly, incredibly information that they're gathering. You know, so they need to be, you know, they need to be locked in with, you know, North American made, you know, uh you know, kind of controlled goods, if you will. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So that, that's a bit of the philosophy around where 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 we're going. And it, it shows, and you mentioned the Commander 3, which um, at the, the recording of this video, we're in process of getting a, a video that talks a little bit more about the Commander 3. I, I visited a facility that you own in Texas um, with th- some of your team. Zach Rolf was sort of my liaison, and he was the guy that showed me the ins and outs of yeah. the Commander 3. Um, the thing I would say is, you know, my observation is absolutely it's not something that's going to fit in a backpack. It's not something that's modular. I, I was telling friends that were sending me messages asking all about the the Commander 3 when I was posting pictures of it. Um, you know, it, it's about the size of a coffee table yeah. um, in terms of how long it is and about how wide it is. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not that type of a drone but i'll tell you what i was really impressed about i was impressed about the modularity and just how easy it is to set up um breakdown was probably a two-man job but the setup zach was able to do that in roughly 10 minutes um so if you're talking about you know a large platform drone that can has a a payload that's about equal to its uh its weight it's capable of carrying something that's about its own weight um and is easy to fly that was the other thing is i got i got a chance to actually control the drone uh while i was there and i think that's really a a great selling point for this particular drone is if if you've had a, a pilot on staff or if you have somebody that you're training to fly a drone this thing is just about as easy to control as your standard box drone that you get from the dji's from the autels yeah. you put it up in the air it's got some nuance to it but overall the experience is almost identical um so it's it's super easy to learn i felt comfortable behind it flying it for the very first time um but i do want to talk a little bit about those payloads, um, you know, I, I talked with Zach about uh, some of the boxes that you had, some of the storage boxes, um, the ability to deliver medical supplies, to deliver a variety of different things uh, in those boxes, as well as I got to see the thermal 
attachment that was uh, that he had there on location. Um, what I was really most fascinated about was the versatility of this drone and the modularity of it too. Um, just how easy it was to swap parts on and off, how easy it was to swap payloads in and out. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about its capabilities and, and what people can look forward to if they fly that drone. Yeah, well, um, so first and foremost, ease of use uh, was was really important because it's a big drone, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a big drone, but it's under that 55 pound, you, you know, uh, uh, limit. So, it, it, you know, you people aren't getting special exemptions to fly it. So that we spent a lot of time on that user experience, you, you know, assessing and tweaking and <laughs> tweaking and me yelling, get the product to market. Engineers <laughs> never being happy with it. You know, you can imagine it all going down. And, um, uh, and, and so that, that, that's, uh, you know, knowing your experience and, and such, that, that's really good. Um, mm -hmm. you, you know, uh, once we're there on the pilot, you know, cause it all ends and starts with the pilot. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so like we're, we're really pilot centric, uh, you know, whether they're behind, you know, whether they're in a knock, right. Or whether they're on the ground, eventually all those, knock, the knock guys are going to be on the, like, they're going to, they, they want to, they want to have confidence in what they, in what they do. So that's, that's step one. And I think we're checkmarked there. We'll never not try to improve that, but checkmark. Um, and then obviously the payloads, you know, and being able to come up with as many sensors as multiple sensors, not necessarily affecting that, uh, that flight pattern uh, or capability, right? So you don't want to have big swings. Oh, I'm, oh, listen, I'm a good, you know, I'm a good, you know, LIDAR pilot, but, you know, I put on this magnetometer or I fly this and this and the characteristics are crazy different and all the rest of it. So, you know, the nuances of all those different payloads, where they fit, how they clip, how the balance works, all those types of things were, have, have been taken into consideration. And they're not all perfectly dialed in, but they're, but they're, it's very conscientious around that and, and will continue to improve uh, uh, around that. Now, why that's so important actually is because the variety of sensors that we can put on this thing is core to our overall strategy. So this is where we're actually now starting, starting to be able to think about our strategy a little bit longer term than, you know, making payroll. And, um, and, and really our strategy is all about data. And so if, if at the end of the day, you know, five or six or seven, whatever years from now, you know, Dragonfly will always be known as a drone company, but, it, but really we're a data company. And, and so this, this goes back to my cloud, you know, computing days and, and the opportunity have built FutureLink, you know, which was, you know, I guess you can call it the first cloud computing company. They didn't call it cloud computing back then. But, um, and so, you know, our objective is to be able to collect as many types of, of data as possible on a single platform and have them integrated so that when it feeds back into the information flow and the workflow of the company and resides hopefully on our servers where they're hosting it, right, they have got the most competitive data possible. And so if you've got, you know, two or three different drones that you've got to swap out two or three different sensors on, you know, your data collection, right? The, the whole thing starts to fall apart right there. Mm -hmm. and, but if you, but if you've got a drone of this size with the big batteries on it, that, that we've got it, and you can carry three or four sensors and they can all integrate into a particular system. Now, all of a sudden, you know, your efficiency of collecting the most important information for your company, your data, you know, it, now all of a sudden it, it starts to exponentially compound, if you will, on itself as to the value of that data. Now we've seen with AI and we've got a, we've got a great uh, AI bench, small, but man, they're powerful um, as it, and, and that's the key. Like, like we, we hear a lot about AI right now, and the differentiator that 
like all, all the underlying engines are going to get better and the big boys are going to take care of that business. They're just, they're crushing it as grow every day. It's getting smarter and better in all these different areas. The differentiator for any company is going to be their proprietary data. So the easier we can make it to, to take their specific data along with all the public data. So let's say you take all the public forestry data in the world and you add it into your AI engine, but now you add in your specific data about your reserves or your yields or your whatever into that and your data is better than the other companies company's data, you have stronger AI and you're more competitive. Ultimately, that's that's where we want to go. So so the 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 philosophy behind the 3XL beyond utility or, or or the real utility is how much information can we collect? How many different sources of data? Like you know, you, you know in Ukraine, you know, we're doing you know mine detecting missions. Well at the same time you can be flying, you know, uh, sensors that are picking up depleted uranium, you're picking up weather patterns, you're picking up humi- all kinds of things that have effect on information that you're now able to process using AI that you didn't know that was relevant. That's information that your competitor or your combatant or whoever never knew was even re- like now you have competitive advantage. So ultimately, yeah. uh, at Dragonfly, our goal is to make our customers more competitive. That, that's, okay. that's our whole our whole whole thing is all about how does a customer when they work with Dragonfly be more competitive than anybody else in their industry. So that that the, the bit of a long explanation. I apologize, but that, that that's really the philosophy behind that the airframe of the platform. So people say, oh, you know, air, it, that's a commoditized business. Well, fine, we'll commoditize that business. But if you understand clearly that your design is incredibly and engineering is incredibly important for that particular purpose. Right. Then I think we'll maintain a competitive advantage for our customer. No, that's that's fantastic information to have. And it really tells a story about um, Dragonfly and, uh, you know, sort of sets the framework for what people can expect when they when they work with Dragonfly, uh, whether it's on a, a partnership basis or a client uh, vendor relationship basis, whatever the case may be. Um, it certainly does tell the tale. And I think to sort of apply it to the section of section of the audience or the listeners that are listening or watching this on YouTube right now, um, it, it's sort of like the, the principle that you you are told uh, by seasoned veterans that have gotten into drone businesses and own their own imaging companies is it's it's not just about being able to fly the machines. A lot of guys get into it thinking, I'm a drone pilot, I'm going to offer drone services. And it's so much more than that. It's what what do you offer with your drones? Um, you know, go above and beyond. I mean, you're not just flying the drone. What can you do with it? What can you tell your client uh, with your drone, whether it's telling a story with visualization through pictures and videos, uh, whether it's collecting data through telemetry data like mapping and surveying. There's a variety of different things that you can offer. You really have to make sure that your business is about data or storytelling rather than just, hey, I'm able to fly this machine. Chris, you you nailed it. And so so if that 3XL can -hmm. provide that smaller operator, of which I've been my entire life, the small business dude, right, Mm -hmm. is if now if I can buy a piece of equipment that can give me more options to service my customer, right, Mm -hmm. because I can fit 17 or 27 or 43 or whatever it is, different payloads on there, uh, as opposed to having to have seven different platforms to work with or whatever, that then then I'm going to be at, you know, it doesn't mean I won't have other platforms, but I'm likely at least going to have this one platform because it takes care of 80% of my business. Yeah, absolutely. So that, absolutely. That's the, 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 the market that we're going after. 
And there's a ton of value in that. And I, I, the marketing term that I've seen used for the, the Commander 3 is the Swiss Army knife of drones. Yeah. And, you know, I, I certainly, after seeing it in action, talking with your team about what its capabilities are and our conversation, um, I think that's the truest thing in marketing right now is that the Commander 3 XL is a Swiss Army knife. It does offer just a variety of options for application. Um, and I think that's really its strongest point. Uh, one, I, We're almost out of time here. One last question I got to ask you. So you're you know, talking to somebody that's new to the drone industry, uh, whether it's somebody that's just starting a business out of their, their home office or it's somebody that's looking to integrate drone technology uh, on, a, on a larger scale. What would be your advice for them heading into the industry? What do you see as a trend in the industry and how should they go about getting started? Yes. So, so skill and knowledge are the, are the, are the two components, right? So, so definitely as a pilot, you need to have the skill. So, you know, practicing the hours, you know, uh, you know, competency, safety, you know, confidence, uh, you know, that your customer has confidence that you, you know, can do that, that business that you work with great equipment that, you know, their data is going to be safe. It's North American built or, you know, whatever the case is. So that, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's one side of it. The, the, you know, the other side of it is, is knowledge. So a lot of customers, you, you know, they think they know what they want and they know what they want, but they don't really know how to get it. Or a lot of times they don't know what's possible. And it's certainly not that the drone service company, as example, is going to, is going to tell the power company how to, how to run their business. But the more that drone operator really understands the business, not just the mission, but the business, that's who I see is winning a lot of the, the, the work out there. So that when they're dealing with the company and they're dealing with somebody at a mid-level management who's got to deliver X, Y, and Z, that drone pilot knows what that that mid-level manager is trying to accomplish. Not just, hey, I got to get them this data on time and it's got to be the cheapest price, but it's got no, they really know what they're trying to accomplish. I that's what I find is are, are the, the folks out there that are winning the business. Uh, you know, and and so or whether they work in a pool, right? Uh, you know, an agency, if you will. That's that's just contracting out to maybe a, a bunch of other uh, 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 you know uh, drone piloting companies out there. The more that the more that knowledge that they have about the actual business, I find the more value they bring to their missions. So th- those are the two things. And then getting into it is yeah, listen, you gotta you gotta pick a platform that's that's um, uh, that 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 you can grow with. So you know you can you can pick a uh, a very small UAS platform uh from a a uh, you know a, a foreign manufacturer and they're going to be great uh but they're they're going to they're they're likely at some level going to start to limit you know know what know know the type of service that you want to do i guess is what i'm trying to say it's not about yeah. who you get it's no no know the business that you're going to be in so th- those would be those would be the things that i've all screwed up in the past that i would look out for again yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as a, as a part 107 commercial business owner myself, um, you know, I, I gotta say there's, there's no truer words. Know what you're trying to accomplish. Know how to become proficient at not just, op, you know, executing the mission, but also providing your client with data and understanding what uh, that data means. And then, you know, maybe one of the most important things to this getting started process is make sure you invest in platforms that are going to help you accomplish that goal. Uh, because it, again, if you, if you purchase like a DJI Mavic Air, um, and you're looking to do, you know, very fine level detail mapping and surveying, yeah, you can generate maps and survey data from a Mavic using the right types of software, but it's not going to do the same thing that like a a high level LIDAR unit is going to do. So keep that in mind uh, when you're establishing that. But the only other thing I have for you, Cameron, is tell us a little bit about where people can find out more about Dragonfly, can find out more about the Commander 3, social media, websites, anywhere they can go. 
Yeah, so uh, dragonfly.com, so D-R-A-G-A-N, fly.com. And the reason it's got an A in it and not an O uh, is because our original original founder, a legend in the industry, uh, Zen and Dragon, that was his last name. So uh, so uh, it's also why we're able to trademark Dragonfly. So uh, that's, that's um, that, yeah, dragonfly.com. It's got pretty much everything there. Uh, you know, uh, certainly I, I'm as responsive as I can be. Uh, on uh, on social and LinkedIn and, and a bunch of different places, I, I can't get to everything. But but you know, just keep being persistent and and uh, obnoxious, and I, eventually I can get back to everybody. But but you know, hit the info at. Uh, I think we we got a we got a great sales team. We got people that are super attentive. Uh, we certainly work at it. So um, you know, we're always looking for creative ideas and and great customers and uh, and stuff. And that's so find out more about us or 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 join us. Excellent. Hey, Cameron, thank you for your time today. I look forward to having you on the pod- podcast again. Uh, this was a great conversation. I'd love to have you on again. Yeah, anytime. Thanks, Chris. Excellent. Hey, yeah. I'm Chris, the Drone Geek. That's Cameron Chell, CEO and co-founder of Dragonfly. We are out of here. See you guys.